I don't even remember how this like podcasting thing works. To be honest with you, it's been yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a it's long been time and weeks. Yeah, but it's just like riding a bike, James. That's right. I hope you press record. <laughs> I did press record. It's like riding a bike, and uh, you, I've got bloody knees now. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You just keep on pedaling, and it's going to come back to you. Bit let's by bit. Uh, let's see if I can uh, fuck up any of my interviews with this podcast <laughs> that I'm doing right now. <laughs> the future of your career relies on what you're about to say in the next 45 to minutes to an hour. I'd just like to point out that my uh, views in this podcast do not reflect my views. <laughs> Unruly Software fully indemnifies James. Yes, Unruly Software and James himself <laughs> indemnify <laughs> James. Yeah. I don't know how far the indemnification will take you, but it's fully. I'm just very glad there's no transcripts of the podcast. If anyone wants to hear me say bad stuff, they have to listen to the whole thing <laughs> end to end. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Yeah, surely some people just turn off after a while and be like, I can't listen to all of this. Well, some people have listened to the podcast and in some interviews I've been doing. Really? Yeah, that's right. Uh, some of the testing ones I think people really like. They really like, uh, you know, the bridge analogy. Do you remember the, the bridge, the bridge oh, analogy? Oh, uh, it's like a unit testing versus like end-to-end testing. If you've yeah. tested that all the bricks work, but you haven't like run a car over the bridge oh, you don't know yeah. that the bridge works yeah just because you've tested every single plank and that they're nailed together doesn't mean that the bridge will actually hold a car so that's right yeah you gotta do those beautiful end-to-end tests that's my analogy and uh do you think anyone else has ever come up with that analogy or is that unique that's unruly I'm software sure. yeah we've trademarked that can we put that on a t-shirt do you think oh that's a good idea <laughs> yeah just because you've tested your bridge doesn't mean your bridge works I mean, it's not as snappy as some of the T-shirts I've seen from podcasts, but I think someone would probably buy it. I think my mom might listen to this episode still, so we'll see. Surely. We'll have to get them up on the store soon. That's right, so, unrulystore.com. I don't know if that's actually a store. Sorry, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> so um, people have been listening, giving you good feedback on the testing. Yeah. Well, I've been... Uh, I've been touching some of your code. Oh, wow. Of late. Sorry of that. Sorry of that. It's actually been good. I've been enjoying it. I actually really like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm very impressed with your pull request. You actually managed to write code in this repository, (laughs) 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 which is a feat for any developer, including myself. Uh, It was actually, um, well, okay, two things. You've named everything quite well in in the... in terms of programming, uh, the programming names, programming names. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. In terms of naming things, how they should appear in in a programming context. Yeah, single are- letter variables uh, exclusively. You know what? I didn't like that before, and now now that I see, like now that I'm into your style, I'm like, ah, oh, I get it now. now yeah. I know why he does the one letter ones? Yeah, it's, you it's only do them very short- popular. Yeah, in like a loop or something. Yes. Like it's the same reason why uh, you know what I is in like a you know the C style loop the four I. Yep. Uh, the reason why it's I is because it's uh, it's like an iterator, right? So why would I write out iterator <laughs> every single play? <laughs> write iterator like seven times. My wrist gets uh, sore. One other thing, I think in the days when I never liked uh, uh, one letter variables, I only had JavaScript, but now I've got TypeScript and you just hover like. 
Yeah, and it just tells you everything about it. Tells it's like not way better. the worst language on the planet anymore. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so um, I've been adding a few tests to your code. Well, I've added I've added to your code and written tests some tests. To my own code. Yes. So, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. End-to-end testing is, uh, you know, made that as easy as possible. You know, I don't know if you've heard of this analogy that I came up with by myself, but... Uh, what is it? Well, you see, if there's a bridge and uh, if you throw a brick over the top of it and there's not a car, uh, it won't work. And if it doesn't splash into the water, you don't know if the brick's been thrown. This is still a technical podcast, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but... Um, so they like the testing stuff. Well, you're big on the testing. What else have they been asking you about? What, in interviews? Yeah. They've just been asking me to, like, you know, the fizz buzzes, uh, <laughs> the the various uh, leak codes. Do they still do that? Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Everyone's still on that uh, on that cargo cult of, uh, oh, Google does uh, leak code. We should do that. But, like, the whole purpose of leak code is, like, to slim down the pool of applicants so that when you reject someone, you like, they can't say, oh, you rejected me, but I'm the same as this other person. They can say, oh, but you're not as good at this one weird random problem we came up with. <laughs> so they actually have a reason to slim, like, throw out 95% of applications, right? But all these little companies... You know, there's like a labor shortage right now for developers and like there's almost no developers. Everyone's desperate that I talk to. 90% of the companies that I've talked to are like desperate to just have someone in the door. <laughs> and they're still like, well, before you walk in and uh, <laughs> write, you know, change the color of this button on our homepage, can you, uh, <laughs> can you uh, invert this binary tree for me? Yeah. You, know, you won't be doing front end anyway. Uh, well, it looks like I will be. Yeah, it looks like a, a lot of the roles are full stack because obviously, have you tried hiring a developer lately? There's like none of them. So you just have to get the ones that do everything poorly, like myself. Well, yeah. for the people listening at home who can't see James's screen right now like I can, he's wearing a React t-shirt. Yeah, so always wear your like conference gear to interviews. That's, <laughs> that's a definite tip because uh, if you don't, how will they know that you're actually legit <laughs> more so than the code tests the secret labs chair bose headphones and uh conference t-shirt i mean if he's That's got the conference t-shirt he must know everything about that conference i think every developer has bose headphones as well every developer that i see like walking around the city like after work has bose headphones like these exact you can't see them but they're the black over year bose headphones you know what i'm talking about have you noticed that yeah, yeah. everyone has them one of the places I used to work at, they had they were having construction on the floor underneath the building, like the floor yeah. below them. And the, the noise got so bad that everyone started complaining that they can't work through the noise. So then the company bought everyone those exact Bose headphones. That might be why so that that this happened. <laughs> this is surplus down Yeah. Yeah, all the construction work in Sydney, people just get these Bose headphones. Well, it's like ultimate, is it, yeah, ultimate cargo culting. Well, they're doing well, and they're all wearing these headphones. <laughs> <must> so, be, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let's all buy these headphones, and I'll be a better developer. It must be so good, because like all those people from that building have them. Wait, do you not have a pair? No, I don't. I've got, um, I've got the Audio Technicas, but they've got a, they've got a cable. 
Do those even count as headphones or are those like... Oh, yes. That's they're, like they're, uh, they're Fisher easy. Price of headphones, it sounds no, like. <laughs> music production. Industry. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sure thing. That's why I got them. Yeah. But um, did you enjoy doing the, the leak code? Uh, I enjoy doing it on my own time. Uh, doing it in front of someone else is like an entirely different beast. Oh, you Cause doing it in front of people. I thought you were taking it away. And doing I've, it. I've got a stack full of take-home tests that I have to do over the weekend. Um, but uh, the ones that I've been doing before, almost everyone has one like for the first interview or like the second interview. There's like some sort of like in-person one. I, I have no idea why. I think the rationale uh, is that like you can see how they work under pressure. But at no point have I ever had like someone come up behind me and be like, I need you to write this algorithm on, on the board. Like, I'll write the algorithm just like, I need to go get a cup of tea, walk around the house. And like, I have a ritual when I code. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're like, screw your process. We're going to make you as stressed as we possibly can. (laughs) Like, hold a gun to your head of like, if you don't do this, we're not giving you any money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really work, I don't think. But uh, if you can do it under pressure, you can do it without pressure, right? Yeah. Well, uh, there there are some of them. There is a downside to like the alternatives. I've thought a lot about it. There's, um, it, for example, there's like a repo that says like uh, when I was starting, I was looking starting to interview. I was looking at uh, companies that don't do whiteboard problems because I was like, I just don't want to grind any leak code. And there's a whole list on GitHub. You can look that up. I think it's called like companies that don't whiteboard. Um, but uh, oh wow, <laughs> I just had interview brain. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, wait, let me clap so I have a mark. (laughs) Okay. I don't remember what I was going to say. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I can't think of a single time I've done that in this podcast. You didn't want to get a whiteboard interview while you're under pressure. Yeah. You were Googling, you went on the GitHub repo to find all the... I can't even ramble correctly anymore. This is the the end. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's strong. um, Well, with the leak code stuff, I haven't done much of it. I would like to get into it, but I just feel like there's better things I can focus on at this stage. It'd be interesting. Do they ask you things like, um, here's one for you. Here's, I've read an article the other day and they said this was a good interview question. If you were to build a, a system, James, where would you store your business logic? Where would I store it? That sounds like it's like a uh, an object that I'm gonna like <laughs> put into a database. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, How would you like to store your your yeah? yeah. One object is called business. Logic. I store all of my like uh, you know bytecode for my app in Postgres. <laughs> I don't know, like how how do you store your <laughs> at home? I keep it like under my bed, I guess, in like a safe. How would you answer that? You know what we should do? We should go through interview questions and, and ask them to each other. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, H- how would can you? Can you answer that one? Uh, how would you store... Where would where do you store the business logic? I think it's like, would you do MVC or would you do DDD? Well, here's the thing, all right? right. Every company... The thing is, people, I don't think everyone realizes if you've got more than one... Like, if you've interviewed in more than one language, everyone wants a different answer. Like, yeah. no one is looking for the same thing. And you just have to tailor it to who you're talking to. Like if you talk to, to someone in, 
in like Go, they're not looking for like, oh, you separate your domain logic from like uh, your persistence logic and all this stuff because a lot of it's super imperative. So they're just expecting you to just do it in essentially the same file. You know, I see a lot of 400 line, uh, you know, files in, in Go, for example. It's very imperative. Whereas, you know, if you're interviewing for a job that's... Uh, uh, .NET, almost certainly they would want you to say, oh, well, we have like a, an entirely different layer uh, with the uh, persistence separated out and uh, the, uh, you know, there's portals to actually access these after they're or- authorized, all this sort of stuff. And then those are kept in uh, use cases or interactors, the actual code. Yep. Pure domain uh, interactors, yeah. Yes, very pure. Yeah. That's a good answer. I think we can safely give you the job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Just do this uh, take-home test. Yeah, yeah. Just build our app, please. Just build me. the whole app. Yeah. Just rebuild the whole app. <laughs> yeah. You have to re-architect our app. <laughs> what would you do? What yeah. would you do? Yeah. It's a good question because then you're essentially like, you could actually build your entire company just doing that, like uh, part-time just say you have a big company start interviewing people and giving them take-home tests pretend like you're gonna pay them 250k and then it's like getting like 10 consultants in right and then you can pick the bit and then make them do the work make them explain to you why they think this is the best way yeah and if they say like no i'm not gonna do that you just say you ungrateful (laughs) bastard (laughs) get out of here not giving you the job we really want self-starters at this company, and yeah, you don't seem to be that. Yeah, people who'll do the work for us yeah. for free. I seen a meme ages ago, and it's like uh, it something to the effect of like, "Explain to me how to build this architecture," and then the guy receiving the interview was like, "Well, pay me, and then I'll tell you how to do it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much like yeah. Yeah. You've got to pay if you want this. Interview. Sounds great in theory. Uh, yeah, there was a point in time where I actually just said, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to do uh, any leak code." But uh, yeah, it seems like everyone's doing it now. There's no one who will who will let you slip out. It's the process. You think the quality of candidates is a bit low, so they need to. Uh, I've sat in on a lot of interviews, and uh, I can tell you there are a lot of low quality candidates. Uh, you know, Fizzbuzz. Have you seen that one? Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I can't do the Fizzbuzz. No, most people can't do Fizzbuzz okay. in the language that they profess to be like a senior developer in. So, I mean, yeah. Do you, so you know, you know, Fizzbuzz. It's this, you know, you know the solution. It's like mod fifteen, mod five, mod three. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Just loop through the numbers essentially, and, and yeah. print with that. Mm. But uh, that catches probably like seventy to eighty percent of the people who actually apply. And these aren't just people who apply and then they get filtered out by like HR. They're like because they're like not qualified clearly they're people who have like senior development experience in that language apparently and then can't and then like cannot for the life of them figure out how to do fizzbuzz uh, maybe it's uh, there's a combination of things but maybe like it's under pressure interview brain that's true that's true i i agree with all that yeah yeah and um i'm sure they could solve it can they at least talk through it Sometimes talking through is the hardest part, right? Or like once you talk through, not it, always it reveals the. the that's that's the issue. I remember one of the worst ones that I listened to. Uh, someone was asking like, uh, <laughs> "Is zero divisible by three? Like he was asking all these like really weird questions. It's like has nothing to do with the problem, but like uh, yeah, 
didn't didn't oh, get the, the very basic. Three is not divisible. You no. can't divide anything by zero. Can no, you? no. What about the other way around? But can you divide zero by something? Can you divide zero by something? No, no. No, I don't think so. We can try it. I'll pop open Node right now. <laughs> but like they're thinking that's the issue, and it's like that's that's not the issue. Yeah. Anyway. Do they ask you any? Uh, do they ask you any like? Is there any kind of tests that they give you which aren't necessarily coding, but test like the aptitude of how smart you are? Or like wow, I'm glad you asked me that. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, well, there's this one company, and uh, they won't make it this far in the podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're safe. They're, uh, they've sent me something called a CCAT, which is, uh, I actually can't remember what the acronym stands for, Criteria Cognitive Aptitude Test. Oh, there you go. And uh, yeah, well, that's the magic of having Google at your fingertips. But uh, it's essentially, instead of, like imagine what's more pedantic than asking someone like, oh, can you divide this number by three and then print a number? Like asking them to do FizzBuzz. What's even lower level that would make someone feel (laughs) even worse for their failure? Getting someone to match patterns, like oh, blocks okay. of yeah. patterns, yeah. like you're a preschooler. <laughs> so the CCAT, I've done some of the practice ones at this point now, uh, and I haven't done the one that they sent me because I feel so stupid, like looking at the, the questions. Um, but they're just like uh, color or, or like blocks uh, with shapes. And they're like, what's the next one in the sequence? And then you have to click what the next block is in the sequence. Like that sort of, it's like pattern matching. And there's some stuff like, how many cups do you need? It's like, a, oh, you have one eighth of a cup and then you increase that by one third of a cup or whatever. It's like, you know, a cooking style, you know, measurements, which, you know, part of your aptitude, I suppose, but not super relevant to the whole programming career, I wouldn't yeah. say. But they're, they're apparently... Problem solving to some extent, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that it's sort of like... I mean, it's demeaning. <laughs> that's what I want to say. <laughs> but that's what it is. Maybe what it feels nasty. Yeah. That's not the worst thing I've ever had, though. The last time that I was doing interviews, uh, a company did uh, sentiment analysis. So what they would do is they would send you a list of uh, uh, things to answer, and there would be no person... But there would be a, uh, like air quotes, AI, right, that would watch as you answered the question that it prompts you with. And then it would uh, gauge, like, what kind of candidate you would be based on your answers to those questions. So, like, you don't even have a person, like, asking you these really stupid questions. questions you have like a robot and then the robot saying no he's dumb (laughs) essentially it's even better the future is bright let me tell you if there's anything i'm looking forward to it's the innovations that we're making ai and web3 web3 let me tell you that is that's gonna be a thing for sure i got a uh a call from a recruiter about a blockchain company I essentially did, yeah. I I said I think that's probably a scam. (laughs) It was like an in it. It was an NFT marketplace, and I was like, I really don't think that's a a good thing for society. (laughs) So, I I think uh, the whole Web three hype at the moment is very similar to what we were experiencing two years ago. Remember when I was saying like AI is going to revolutionize all of technology? Yeah. All these uh, Amazon was coming out with all these AI services all the cloud companies came out with heaps of ai products it's still going a little yeah it doesn't change anything dramatically it hasn't crashed but yeah 
It's definitely changed some of the worst stuff, like the YouTube algorithm, for example. Like those sort of like the things where you really don't want an AI, they've put an AI there. Yeah. Yeah. But the YouTube algorithm is nowhere near as good as what it used to be. Or uh, it's not even AI though, really, is it? It's just like some sort of machine learning model. Like, uh, yeah, overused term. It's not like when the thing is like the, the, the layman thinks like, oh, AI, that's like general AI, like it's thinking or, or like it, it can like process things and respond to, to like the outside world. But like AI, like the way that we use it now is like, oh, it's a, essentially like a function that you pass some fields into and it tells you what the probability is. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's just statistics most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Very so sad. I think, I think Web3 is going through that similar kind of thing at the moment where there's a lot of people saying it's going to revolutionize a lot of things and like there is some substance to the technology, but not in the near short-term future, I don't think. No, definitely, definitely not. No. Uh, like the only thing that, blockchain is going to be good for i think i think it's going to be currencies and then you know like the only reason why people like them right now is because they're not super regulated and you have some sort of air quotes level of privacy but like the next step is just countries saying no you can't have that which is going to happen like essentially like governments are just going to start regulating the stuff that you're saying it's not regulated and then all we have is instead of having like anything more free and open now we just have the government you know, mandating the way that you use this thing that chews up more electricity than most of the developed countries in the world. Mm. So, yeah. I done a bit of research after uh, our last conversation. We had a conversation late last year and we were talking about all these things. I was very angry at the time, yeah, about yeah, blockchain. We were very, very angry about the blockchain. Yeah. But we've come, we've come a long way since then. We've learned a lot. I'm even angrier. <laughs> Because a lot of the cases that you were making, like, because I like you hear things and you see things on the Twitter sphere. So I thought, oh, I need to just do a little bit of research. And then I was shocked to know that, like, the whole NFT thing, the NFTs aren't even saved on the blockchain, like you were telling me. There's yep. just the, like the URL, or pretty much like the address of the NFT is saved on the blockchain. And then the NFT itself is just. In some other file system yeah, somewhere. Like yeah. a pointer to some other like centralized service. So like a, a lot of them point to like a, a Google Drive, I think. So like people are just hosting these images on there. Someone's just going to like, uh, I think it's happened actually. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, there was someone who just like had their NFT change one day because like someone like dragged and dropped the wrong folder. <laughs> yeah, right. You paid 10 grand for that in, in NFT and in, in ETH, but uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Now a photo of someone's grandmother. <laughs> and there's cases where like people have had them stolen as well through like social engineering. Yeah. Well that's that's the thing. It's like it sounds great that you have no admins and oh there's no bank involved. No one yeah. to recover the money when I like <laughs> when I lose it inevitably because I'm an idiot. Steal my credit card details and rack up a big bill, the bank solves the problem. Yeah, but now it's like if someone were to steal your money on blockchain, a the police can't do anything. And yeah, yeah you're just out. You're done. Like you can't fork the blockchain for like fraud, right? Or anything like that. So you're just you're just done. I don't think any of the blockchains are attempting to solve any of these problems where there are like actual, or at least, yeah, it's not a pro- problem that's solvable using blockchain, I don't think. Having like an ad- administrative oversight of like fraudulent transactions, for example, that sort of stuff. 
all the DAOs and everything that I don't think anything like that is going to, you know, evolve to manage this stuff. Yeah. I was watching this video, you know, uh, the tech league. I do. Yeah. I thought he was in jail or something. Oh, I don't know. We still not posting on YouTube. Oh, right. Okay. From jail. That's cool. (laughs) And, uh, he was posting a video the other day about OpenSea, you know, OpenSea, the website where you can buy NFTs. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently there's a whole heap of NFTs on there which are being like centralized, centrally stored in OpenSea's database. Like yeah. buying an NFT, but it's actually just on OpenSea. You're just buying a picture out of someone's Postgres database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great scam, I have to tell you. This is like <laughs> the best pump and dump ever. Unfortunately, it will probably gra- crash some markets. Uh and uh, I think probably not do very much good for humanity, no. but uh, it is a hilarious pump and dump. If I weren't so depressed, I would be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I am laughing actually, so I'm depressed and laughing. Yeah, I think the the biggest uh, change will be when you start hearing all the stories of how people have been ripped off in the next like twelve months, two years, like all the bad stories. Right at the moment, it's all you hear is the stories of how people making all this money and million dollar nfts but yeah well everyone who's involved in it is in it just to make money on the fact that people are discovering it i i don't know of of the people that i know i so i've listened to several of the like top podcasts on like spotify about crypto these people are all here to like make money on on the growth like that's that's pretty much it like are they excited about the technology i it feels very disingenuous a lot of their excitement like yeah uh, and most of them aren't super super technical people in the first place. So they don't really, I think, even understand part of what they're uh, getting involved in. So, yeah, it's very sad. Web 4 is where it's at. I really am... That's probably the thing that upsets me the most uh, because obviously I'm not going to lose any money on this whole NFT bullshit. But, like, the fact that they took Web 3... Like, Web 3 should have been for, like, VR or something. Like, not not for this. Like, this (laughs) trash... It could have been Web 3D as well. Like we had Web 1 and then Web 2 and then Web 3 is Web 3D and like maybe your website is like a place. That'd be so sick. But instead we have blockchain. They've hijacked it. The Web 3 people have hijacked it. Did you hear that? This is such a young fuck. Anyway. No, I didn't hear it. And uh, oh yeah, what was I going to say? Something hilarious certainly based on my previous record. I've still got interview brain. Interviews just make me like dead inside. Like uh, I just hate myself after interviews. Well, the good thing you got to look forward to is when you get that new job, then you'll be able to go in and make a massive impact. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'll just, uh, you know, not, well, okay, never mind. I won't say this in case anyone listens. (laughs) You'll be able to revolutionize the company and, the company that hires you will be so happy to have you on board. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. That's a soundbite for you. You should like chop that and put it at the beginning of the... The <laughs> Please Hire Me podcast. <laughs> I'm technically employed. I, I have work, so it's all right. It's all right. I, I don't need you people. So, yeah. What else is stupid about blockchain? Tell me something else dumb. What do you think about the gaming thing where like you actually get to buy the skin and then sell it? Yeah. Like that sort of stuff. 
we were talking about that previously, weren't we? We uh, were. I think, I think um, now that I've learned a little bit more, I don't know if that's actually going to work, right? Like why are these large gaming companies going to let people, if there's, a, if there's an ability to buy skins and use them within a game, why would a large gaming company allow you to take that skin and use it in another game? Like they want to keep you in their own platform, right? Yeah. And unless it becomes the fact that that drives more sales... Which, uh, yeah, I don't know. That that's sort of the gamble: is are people like uh, silly enough to buy a skin in a video game, uh, because they actually want to look differently? I suppose. Uh, oh man! Wow! Fuck! My brain is just broken today. <laughs> I actually just totally forgot what I was going to say. That's intense. The other thing is, where where is the skin going to be saved? I think that's one thing I'm not quite sure about with the whole blockchain thing too is you still need the infrastructure. Okay, you've got like the blockchain, which is distributed database of all the transactions, but you still need some way, some kind of infrastructure to store videos. Yeah, so one of the things that people have spoken... Yeah, one of the things people have spoken about is the, um, like the skins would be transferable like between games. I think that's like, that's not that's not going to happen like at all uh, it feels pretty obvious to me because why would like ea accept something minted by uh uh what riot is that a yeah riot is a different publisher <clears throat> why would they be like okay yeah i'll take your uh you know leona skin and you can wear it on your battlefield character it doesn't make yeah. any sense to me why they would lose that revenue when they could just make you buy a new skin in their one, system right. yeah so the, the transferable skins don't make any sense. But then also, like, why would they want to lose out on the fact that, like, if this person was looking for a legendary skin, why would they not just sell them another legendary skin? They're already selling these, like, skins in games for, like, $40 a piece, some of these games. So, like, why would you all of a sudden say, all right, buy it for us with ETH, uh, and then we'll give you the NFT, and then you can... And then suddenly that's just in circulation forever. Like, now... You can just like we no longer need to sell NFTs. That these games live on the the uh, the after the the little purchases microtransactions. So yeah, doesn't I make any sense to me. One thing that might happen is if there's a company that actually says, "Okay, well, our game is going to be open source, and um, you know anyone can come and play in our game." Maybe there's some kind of metaverse universe where anyone can join, and then you can use your skins inside there. Maybe it's like a different type of gaming company. Well, I think it'd be like a platform. That'd be like Facebook's making games. And I think they bought a game developer, I believe, like a game studio, uh, uh, yeah. specifically because they want that. But apparently Facebook, uh, I, I can't remember where I read this, but apparently Facebook, there was like a leaked email where the entire reason why they're buying into this meta stuff so early is because they want to scare everyone else out of the space. They want to like... They're, they're investing so heavily in it now when the technology doesn't even remotely exist. And no one even knows how any of this stuff is going to work, yeah. like, at all. It's literally just like Mark Zuckerberg drawing with crayons, essentially, at yeah. this point. Uh, so, yeah. Mm. But even if they take a, a massive chunk of the market, there's always going to be an opportunity for other players to enter if they're doing something slightly different. Like, yeah. Like, you can't run the whole world, right? Yeah, but Facebook Meta is not going to be like, yeah, you can share your house with, uh, you know, uh, Apple Meta as well. Well, like China, for example, won't let that happen. No. Well, China's not going to be involved in this stuff, I don't think. I don't think they're going to want to let that happen. And that's like 
they've realized how like horrible all this stuff is, I think, more than anyone. If anything proves that communism is the right way, it's uh, <laughs> the way the Chinese are able to like, that's it. That's essentially the only case in point that I have for why we should all be communists. I'm not a communist, by the way, but... Uh, <laughs> but if you were to live. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've banned, they've like limited screen time for kids and everything. And I think they're, yeah, they're, they, they've they banned some part of uh, cryptocurrencies at a minimum. I think they have their own cryptocurrency, right? Do they? Don't they? Yeah. I know their version of TikTok after like five minutes, it makes you have a break. Yeah, that's fantastic. Like, I think it's good. Think, think about how much time you waste on TikTok, Frank. I know, me personally, <laughs> <Yeah>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if only you lived in China, imagine how productive you would be for the state. Probably would be probably be better for my whole existence. Yeah, it'd be, you'd be a happier person. I probably would be. I it, it's so depressing, honestly. I have I to admit, twenty twenty two is going to be depressing, not because of like the lockdowns or anything, but just because of where we're headed as a society now. <laughs> now you have to stay positive. It's all, Web three is going to make the whole world a better place. I'm really looking forward to buying like a cabin in the mountains and like hiding out <laughs> that's what i'm expecting to be happening yeah. but then you yeah. might be uh you'll have to learn new skills right yeah of course that's fun that's the fun you part can do is program and eat pretty much learn new skills yeah, like, what now you mean that's all i know how to do pretty much yeah. oh what the fuck i <laughs> i've had a very varied life actually i don't know if you know this i worked at a butcher i uh you know, you've got camping skills you've yeah. got survival skills actually I would survive longer than most of the people I know, I think, most likely. Uh, that's not very long, <laughs> but I think like I, it's more likely that I will end up eating them than they will end up eating me, I think. Yeah, well, there's a bit of COVID beef there. Yeah. A little bit extra, so you last longer than the average person for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you have to learn how to operate without having a computer this is a technical yeah. podcast by the way <laughs> we we talk about yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I write a lot of code i don't know if uh, you've heard this big code man <laughs> well this is because we're coming back this is the first one for 2022 we had this is season two topics, right? season 2022 is season two that's right we'll increment it to 201 this one. Oh, that's a good idea yeah <laughs> And then everyone's going to be asking, where's uh, 140 to 201? Oh, yeah, well, you yeah. must have just missed those. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, should I keep in all my uh, fuck-ups where I just totally forgot what I was saying? I think that's, uh, it's important to get a grasp of where I am mentally at the start of 2022. <laughs> Maybe they'll stop asking you to take those aptitude tests. Yeah. <laughs> just put, look, just settle at 90 IQ. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, definitely with the, the testing stuff, I think you need to make a testing course. Yeah, well. For the general public. You know, what would be good is if we did it live or something, I think. if Because uh, I feel like the whole writing the course out takes so long and, like, that's such a, an effort to, like, work through. But, like, we Maybe could do, we like, a workshop it. or something. Yeah, we should do like a work- workshop. Offer it to like Coder Academy or something. Like we'll do a workshop on testing. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do something like that? I'd love to. Yeah, let's do it. Because I've been writing like, uh, I've been getting right into the back end stuff now. Yeah. Because I've been reading. Um, it's way more fun. 
I've been reading a bit of Khalil Stemler stuff. Well, you told me about Khalil Stemler ages ago. No, who's that? Is that my competitor? Yeah, he's your competitor. <laughs> yeah. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, he's. Re- I love him. He's the best. He's got a few good blog posts. So you pointed me to him. Yeah. And then he actually got one post and it was about um, like advancing your skills as a developer, like the, yeah. the roadmap. I forget what the name of it was. And um, there's a few really good books that he says to read. And there was one on um, DDD, yeah. Blue Book, which you recommended to me also ages ago. Yeah, the best uh uh, book of all time. So it's in the mail. It's Below the Bible, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Mum. Of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah. Um, so I'm keen for that book to get here. But I'm doing, um, learning more about the domain stuff. It's really cool. And getting getting deeper into the TypeScript as well. That's been fun. Yeah. Strategic uh, DDD is uh, super important, I think, uh, for startups and everything. Yeah. yeah. It's a very good system. And uh, and uh, at a very at the very least, even if like the company's like no, we're not going to do DDD. Like it gives you an idea of like the conversations that you need to have and what you need to map out more so than any of the other tools. Mm. Yeah, like if you've tried all these other modeling languages and everything, I feel like yeah, just DDD on its own, forcing those conversations, coming up with languages is, is very strong. Well, I only really knew about MVC up until now. Yeah. Like well, I that's knew, like an architecture, yeah, yeah. Yep. I knew there was, uh, like, obviously different patterns that enterprise applications use. They don't just use MVC. But I, I never knew, like, how to get from, okay, I know how to build, like, a basic CRUD app. Like, what kind of architecture do we need for our for our domain design to get to that next level? And that's where yep. all these kind of... Uh, yeah, that's all the tactical stuff. Yeah. yeah, like the the different ways to like store your to keep your uh like domain logic separate from persistence and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it it's they're good principles. Following them too strictly is definitely a mistake. Uh, I think that's something that uh, Khalil does a lot, but maybe he, he works on really big teams, so it's fun. But uh, if you just want to get the benefit out of DDD, like the the strategic part, which is like naming, uh, keeping persistence and maintaining boundaries i don't think you necessarily need to follow that you can apply a lot of the ba- the principles from the first part of that blue book i think it's broken into two pieces if i recall correctly which is strategic and tactical okay. uh so the first part is applicable to every language i think because it's more practices and principles and the way that you design something um and then this the second part i think is more what you were talking about versus mvc which is like ddd has like a style uh, which, uh, yeah, is popular in like .NET more than anything and also a little bit in Java and those sort of languages and uh, t- becoming popular in TypeScript. Yeah, it's sort, of a, it's sort of a path that's being plowed now, I think. Is that the right way to say that? <laughs> I don't think yeah. it is. The path plowing. being plowed. Yep. Uh, it doesn't sound right, but uh, yeah, uh, that's sort of just happening in the TypeScript world now like ddd being adopted i see more and more apps headed towards that direction where uh, javascript was way too loose and you know adding more structure through typescript yeah maturity of the projects too isn't it yeah as they get older yeah that's right yeah getting bigger dealing with larger code bases people need new techniques and tools to manage their teams and their code bases so that's true 
I'm All right. enjoying it. I love it. I love having everything structured in folders and files. I do. As many files as possible. Slow that slow that just in just in time uh, compiler down. Get it get it running humming along nice and yeah. at a low speed. Do you reckon this is the end music button? Oh it yeah, is. It is. Well, yeah, it uh, well uh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. To Thanks for episode. listening to episode 200. <laughs> Probably not 201, right? Yeah, 200 sounds good. 200. Actually, 201 would be correct because we're saying that it's season two, episode one, right? Okay. Otherwise, it looks like we're lying about the number of episodes. <laughs> episode zero. <laughs> this is episode zero. No, that's, a, that's an origin story. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, we index at zero. We right? Yeah. But we also start at one. We're indexing, but... So we're ju- we just skip to episode zero. That's all. <laughs> we do index by, by zero. Look, we have our own style, and uh, we do things a little bit different. Yeah, get on that Discord, I guess. Who knows what's in there? It's got dust and crumbs, and <laughs> there's some mayonnaise in the corner. <laughs> Someone left there. want to see in the workshop when we do it. That's right, the workshop. Coming at you from the workshop. <laughs>